Good morning. It's Tuesday. It is Kale and Company live on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming 24 hours a day at nhtalkradio.com, where you can also find our previous shows and uh, shows from uh, throughout the day on this station with A.J. Kirstead and uh, Paul Hodes, Matt Robeson, and uh, all the great programming here on uh, WKXL. I am uh, delighted beyond words to have with us today my friend uh, Sue McPhee. Sue, uh, first of all, good morning to you. Well, good morning to you. It is such a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you very much. And <laughs> just to give people a little bit of a background, Sue has touched the lives of many. I'm talking literally and, and figuratively, Psychic Sue, uh, over the years. She's uh, uh, well, a, a comedic uh, entertainer, uh, performing storyteller, actress, uh, artist of the spoken word, massage therapist, uh, reiki master, and teacher, but uh, in recent years, she has added to her list of credentials, author Sue McPhee. And uh, Sue has written two books, A Tale of Two Rivers, One Woman's Journey from the East River to, this is where you come in, Sue. <laughs> you love for me to say that one. I, lo- I love the way you say this. From the East River to... La Tarnival Mare. Oh, you! Oh, you say you send <laughs> chills up and down my spine uh, when you, you say that, Sue. I I almost called you the other word, but uh, I'm not. I'm not going to call you that <laughs> in this show. And, and most recently, uh, her, her latest book is "I Never Called Myself a Psychic, But Everyone Else Did: Adventures <laughs> of a Reluctant Psychic." Sue McPhee is with us. Welcome to Kale and Company Live, and you have just uh, accomplished so much. Uh, in your life, yet uh, in your own words, in the introduction to your first book, you called yourself at, at one time the, the shyest, uh, geekiest, and gawkiest kid you'd ever want to meet. So when, when did that all change? Because none of that applies to you today. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. You know, to actually put your finger on the exact moment, um, that's kind of hard, because I think that when we all evolve or go through different changes... It's sometimes a process, you know, one thing will happen, then another, and it's not without those groupings of incidents that you become who you are. And then they keep going. I mean, I turned, excuse me, 74 this year. So we got now 74 years of little incidents that make you who you are. So, I, I, you know, perhaps it was sometime in high school maybe, or when I began to get in touch with the concept of meditation, going within, going within to, in order to be able to go without. So I guess there's, there is no short answer to that, but I guess an abbreviated version would be it's a compilation of experiences that uh, helped me not be that shy, geeky. <laughs> you know, it's tough to know where, where to begin with you, Sue, but uh, we'll talk about uh, the, the fact that, uh, you know, you were married at, at a young age, had a couple of kids, and, uh, you know, uh, then decided uh, 
you know that uh, you know you wanted to change your life and 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 move and so you you did move from uh, comfortable quarters in uh, in Rhode Island for uh, an adventure that you weren't sure where it was going to take you but uh, to an adventure in in New York City right that had never been on my radar screen uh, until I had heard about the very first move to New York was inspired by a pamphlet that came in the mail. I'd been doing acting for many, many years and loved to do workshops and study more about it and make my craft a little bit better. And I got something that talked about a workshop or a, it was really a six-week venture into the world of acting with a lot of different kinds of classes. It was the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and they were offering a summer conservatory program. You had to audition for it. I just said, well, what the heck, I'll just throw my hat in the ring. I sent in an application. Lo and behold, I get called. The interview uh, process was an audition. That's why I actually auditioned for the school in Boston, did the audition, went home, stopped thinking about it because... You just never know where those things are going to lead you. So um, they took me in. <laughs> they took in this aging actress. Well, at the time I was approaching 50. I wasn't the age I am now. But I wasn't uh, the age of most of the youngsters that were going to the class. But they took me in, and it was just the most amazing thing. It propelled me into um, an extraordinary slice of my life. I not only did the program was only intending to stay there for the six weeks of the program, landed a job, and my six-week adventure turned into five years. It's amazing. So <laughs> what, did you, what did you learn uh, at the American Academy of uh, Dramatic Arts? What, what was your biggest, uh, other than the fact that you made it through successfully and, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they accepted you with open arms, what, what are some of your, your takeaways from, from that six-week experience? I learned that I had a lot to learn. <laughs> there were a variety of classes. We, we had to study voice, um, not, not necessarily the projection of voice, but singing, which I had always been miserably bad at and rediscovered that I was still miserably bad at. <laughs> and then the movement classes, which I thought I would excel at, but ended up stu stumbling over the other students. But it was okay. I, I, I learned that I could jump into an adventure and just do it. You know, and I, I was so fortunate because how many people never get an opportunity to do any kind of adventure? If they do have that opportunity, many are often reluctant to throw their hat in the ring and then do it. So I guess I had to learn at that point, or it became pretty apparent that I was becoming or had become a pretty darn open person, open-minded, open to whatever experience was coming my way, good, bad, or indifferent. And I also learned a lot about the city. Uh, the, a city or any city I was terrified of, but New York City, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I learned that even though I didn't want to live there permanently, I was able to navigate pretty well. You mastered the subway system. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but not without the help of one of my roommates. At the time, I'd been living in Providence, and I sublet a couple of my rooms to other people to um, help pay the rent there. 
And one of them had lived in New York City for a long time and had noticed a very terrified look on my face, what was wrong, what's going on. And I shared my inexorable fear of the subway. (laughs) Didn't people get killed on the subway, right? (laughs) So he just shook his head and said, look, I'm telling you this one thing, millions, and I mean millions of people ride the subway every single day and nothing happens to them. And so my first foot into the door of a subway, I could, his words were echoing in my ears and uh, it was all okay. And and by the time those classes were over at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, you wanted to stay in the Big Apple. Well, I wasn't sure. Ah. I wasn't sure. I was tempted by all the auditions I had landed. Yeah. And what is this scene all about? And as intuition or circumstance would have it, I ended up being offered a job, not in acting, as I would have loved, but uh, in the profession that I was working at. I was working as a physical therapy assistant, and this company hired me to go into children's homes to offer physical therapy to affected babies, children, and most of that work was in parts of the city that I was terrified to go in, but I learned that it was all okay. All these uh, kids lived in the ghetto sections. And so add another layer to to Sue McBee's adventures and experiences, (laughs) and it was quite wonderful. So I did accept that job and stayed there for five years. And uh, it all led uh, eventually to a remarkable journey to the orphanages of Romania. It did. And who would connect the dots? Who would connect those two? How could that possibly happen? But it was on one of those rides in the subway, reading a magazine, that I found a little ad about a class. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. Yes, you will, because you hear the music, and that means uh, for a moment or two, we have to mosey on out of here. Mosey! Sue McPhee is with us, and she has accomplished so much uh, in her life, including uh, authoring two books, which we are talking about today, and talking about Sue's incredible life, uh, right here on Kale and Company Live from WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 1019 FM in Manchester, streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. More with Sue McPhee on Kale and Company Live right after these important messages. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live. It's a Tuesday. Major League Baseball All-Star Game coming up tonight at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. If you missed it, Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals won the home run derby last night. We are on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Concord area, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming 24 hours a day at nhtalkradio.com. Our special guest today, very special guest on Kale & Company, is Sue McPhee. Uh, I I could spend the next 45 minutes running down her resume, but I will tell you she has, in recent years, authored uh, two books, A Tale of Two Rivers, One Woman's Journey from the East River to where? The Tarn of Amare. Thank you. And (laughs) 
uh, just like the old days, right? Yeah, and, yes, and, yes. And I never called myself a psychic, but everyone else did Adventures of a Reluctant Psychic. And uh, just before the break, Sue, we were talking about the opportunity you had, if I, I put it in uh, that word, uh, a remarkable journey to the orphanages of Romania. How did that all come about? Yes, well... I had been perusing a magazine, and there was this little ad for an infant massage class. And it was going to happen. I wanted to study it for a long time, but couldn't find a class anywhere near where I lived or where I was working. And there it was, going to happen in New York City. Signed up, got into the class. And on day one, the instructor, instead of starting out with the instruction started out telling us about a journey she had just returned from. She had taken a group of women to Romania to work in the orphanages. Now, it's another one of those times when you, you have chills all up and down your body. Somehow, for some weird feeling you get, you know you're going to be there. So after the class, I chased her down. How do I do this? And followed all the steps that was necessary to get myself there and went. It was Amazing. And how long were you there for? <laughs> well, while we were there, it felt like an eternity. It was only a 15-day venture. Yeah. However, it, each and every moment of every single day, on into the night, were packed with things that we would do for the children, for the orphanages, for the people that were there, that it certainly felt like a whole lot more than 15 days. We probably got... 30-plus days' worth of work uh, and help uh, for the people all crammed into those 15 days. It was truly remarkable and eye-opening. We were 12 women on that mission, and to this day, none of us will be the same since that adventure. And that was way back in 1999. Did did you come away with uh, a feeling of... uh of, of gratefulness for, you know, the, the, com- the country that you were from and uh, what opportunities we have in, in this country and uh, compared to uh, what you saw in uh, Romania. Oh, absolutely. Gratefulness, appreciation, and also appreciation for the citizens of Romania. When the, the revolution occurred in 1989, um, the country was pretty much devastated. Mm. But what I observed in the time that I was there was this amazing, I would call it chutzpah. (laughs) The people were still um, joyful and fun and willing to give of themselves. They worked tirelessly. You know, we complained about an eight-hour workday, but those people at the orphanages and in the hospitals that we visited and helped, it was Mm 24-7. And I did come away with an appreciation of those tireless individuals, as well as a gratefulness for the freedom and the opportunities that we have here. Did you ever have a desire to go back? Um, Not initially. Yeah. (laughs) I think I picked up some kind of virus or bug when I was Ah. there. When I came home, I was sick for about seven weeks. But uh, I, I... had found out about an opportunity to go back to Romania, I would say a couple of years ago, to, um, it was called an immersion program, where you would go and spend a week 
just speaking English. That's all you had to do was speak English. Mm-hmm. And the Romanian people there were to listen to you and pick up the language just by listening to you, conversing with you. You didn't have to do anything else. And then I lost the information, so maybe somebody out there listening <laughs> will, will log into my Facebook page and say, hey, I know about that program. You can go. But as far as um, the orphanage trip, um, they did stop doing that. So I wouldn't be able to, uh, lo- you know, plug into the same opportunity to do that. But, you know, there's always that little wistful feeling of, I'd like to go back. I'd love to see the woman who hosted us there, the tireless woman who uh, set up all of our assignments and made us feel so welcome and at home. And and there were 11 other women that uh, went with you? Yes. So we were a team of 12, and all 11 of those were West Coast women. I was the only East Coast women embarking on the journey. But we all had to leave from one primary area, Seattle. So I couldn't just, you know, hop on a plane and go over to Romania. I had to join them, which made my journey even longer because it was one plane after another, after another, after another. So my particular journey from home to our first place to rest our head shall we say, was 37 and a half hours. Wow, wow. <laughs> yep. There's a picture in the book, and I sure did look like yep. it with 37 and a half hours behind me. <laughs> oh, you always look terrific, Sue. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Even after 37 hours of travel. Oh, my. Uh, uh, do, do you stay in touch with any of those ladies? Um, actually, I do. Yeah. I stay in touch with the leader, of the, the woman who was teaching the infant massage class, who talked about Romania in the first place and got me hooked up with the next uh, mission going over there. We are Facebook friends. We've spoken on the phone. We've, we've uh, exchanged different kinds of emails. Uh, one of, the woman on the trip who became my roommate in Romania, we are in contact with each other. I would love to say that I'm in contact with others, but time passes on, and this was, after all, 23 years ago. So I wish that I was in touch with some of those. I am in touch with a little girl that I treated ah. in New York City ghettos, who's now a grown woman. She now has two children, and we converse back and forth. She was stunned out of her mind when I finally tracked her down on the on Facebook. And so we've been Facebook friends and communicating. We have our phone numbers uh, back and forth. And she has just become the most amazing human being. So it's, wow, that is, it's been great to that just, is, that just is try terrific. to do that. And, and uh, so when you were in Romania, what were your living conditions like? Uh, they weren't too bad. Yeah. Uh, we stayed in places that they called hotels. Yeah. They are not hotels like you and I know here. They were certainly not Hilton's, but they were <laughs> adequate places. Um, our first stay was at a place that didn't have any heat, so we pretty much hugged tight under the blankets. Uh, there was no hot water, so it was a cold water shower. Um, there was, uh, they, they served us breakfast, which was wonderful, um, but hardly left the palace satisfied. But it was okay, because we were just grateful to be there. We had a place to sleep, and then we moved on to another place, and that was about the same comfort level. But we were just grateful, because we were staying in accommodations that most of Romania were not privy to. 
Well, folks, we are just uh, scratching the surface here with uh, Sue McPhee, and I know we're coming up to a a break, but uh, when we return from that break at the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, her latest effort in the literary world. I never call myself a psychic, but everyone else did. That was including me, folks. Uh, Adventures adventures of a reluctant psychic. And uh, we'll talk about some of that uh, reluctance and uh, her career helping so many people and in so many ways, too. I mean, I don't know a person, Sue, who is quite as versatile and has so many gifts to give other people uh, than you. It's it's it, you're, you're truly an amazing woman, and uh, we'll we'll have more of an opportunity to chat about uh, some of your uh, accomplishments and and, uh, and 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 your and your your work as an author uh, after we take a, a break for uh, our bottom of the hour commercials here on WKXL. So. Psychic Sue. Oh, it slipped out. It slipped out. I, sh- uh, uh, I knew it would. Yeah, you knew yeah, it would. Yeah, I knew it would. I knew it would. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I didn't want to do that. But it, it just it just came so naturally because it it's so comfortable talking with you, <sighs> Sue, and uh, and it just kind of slipped out. But uh, you are I, I forgiven. Hope, I hope. Yeah, I hope you'll forgive me. <laughs> Absolutely. Sue, Sue McPhee is with us, and uh, we will talk uh, more about her ventures into the uh, literary world and uh, beyond. Beyond, beyond that, and much beyond that, when well, we continue here on the WKXL, as we're at the bottom of the hour right now, and we'll be taking a break. So, Sue, just relax. We have a few minutes here, and uh, and we'll be right back after our break on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in uh, Manchester, covering Goffstown, uh, Bedford, Merrimack, Derry, Londonderry, and beyond. And, of course, streaming at nhtalkradio.com, where you can find uh, this program live no matter where you are in the free world. And also some of the uh, great past programs uh, featuring this show, uh, A.J. Kierstead's uh, programs, WKXL in the morning, the works of Matt Robeson and Paul Hodes and uh, so much other great information on nhtalkradio.com. We will be back after our break. It is Kale and Company live with our guest, Sue McPhee, right here on WKXL. We are back. Kale and Company live on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Our guest is Sue McPhee. And uh, Sue, before we uh, continue our chat, why don't you uh, let people know where they can uh, find your books? Well, they are both available on Amazon. Simple enough, right? Simple enough, I know. It can't get any easier than that, right? Her latest book is I Never Call Myself a Psychic, But Everyone Else Did, Adventures of a Reluctant uh, Psychic. And uh, you've been called a psychic for well now over over 30 years, Uh, (laughs) but but it is a moniker that you never sought. Nope, never signed up for that assignment. (laughs) Um, You know, even as a kid growing up, I don't know if we ever even heard the word psychic. Um, Fortune Teller was sort of a cartoony character, and so it wasn't until I was 
in my 30s that I stumbled on this wonderful spiritual weekend. And I thought, well, this is going to be great. This will be an adventure. I love to meditate. I love to do that. Let me just go and, and just immerse myself in this wonderfulness again because I had done those kind of things before. So little did I know that throughout that weekend, our guide, our seminar leader, was gently leading us to find our intuitive, she didn't call it psychic, space. And so by the end of the weekend, we were doing what she called energy field readings for each other and for strangers. So I thought, whoa, this is, this is out of sight. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and so she said, she gave us an assignment. She said, go home, find 10 volunteers, 10 people, give them each a reading for free, and then you can put a shingle out. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I was involved with a very um, upbeat and open-minded theater company, and it wasn't long before I could get 10, 20 people <laughs> signed up for, just come on over, I'll give you a little reading. And, and that went really well. But again, I say I'm a reluctant psychic, or I was back then, because that wasn't... That wasn't a journey I ever expected or wanted or even tried to be on. So shortly after I uh, managed to stumble through all those readings with my friends, uh, one of my friends and I went to a psychic fair. And we were just going to go have a little reading by somebody else and just have fun and then leave. And then she kept pushing me. She knew what I had done. She pushed, pushed, pushed. Tell, you, tell them, tell them you do readings. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and too late, the gentleman running the whole fair overheard the conversation, and he said, "Have a seat with me over there." And I thought, "Oh no, what am I in for?" So he asked me for a reading, and I'm shaking in my shoes here. I said, "Figured, well, I'll just give him a reading, and then it'll be fun, and I'll leave." And then he said, "Okay." That table over there is yours. Give the woman at the front desk your name and what you do, and you're here for the day. And I'm like, what? 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the beginning of it. So, yes, it was with reluct- excuse me, reluctance that I absorbed that title. And even later on when I went out, or even that day, I never called it psychic readings. I always said energy field readings. But it was big, a big mouthful, and I'm going to... I'm going to share with you, you've probably read this a thousand times, the prologue to the book says it all um, <laughs> of what happens when I would go, and I would say, oh, yeah, I do energy field readings. Prologue. So you're a psychic. No, I'm an intuitive. Pause. Oh, oh, you're a psychic. No, I do intuitive readings, energy field readings. Pause again. Oh, oh you're a psychic. <sighs> Okay, I'm a psychic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, give it up, right? Just give it up. And that and... is the prologue for her for her second book. It truly right. is, folks. Right there it is. in black and white. But you know, but you know, reading you know your books, you felt you know uh, long before this though a little bit different, right? I yes. mean, yeah. Yes. Things would come to me, um, but I think back then I didn't. As a little kid, especially, think of myself as different. I just figured everybody else did this. Yeah. I would know things before knowing them. I would sense things that were going to happen. I could project my thoughts. And, you know, why would I talk about something I figured everybody else could do? Everybody else walks. Why would I talk about walking, right? So 
that's when it began to seep into me that, gee, maybe uh, this isn't something everybody does. And I still kept it to myself. And over the years in studying different philosophies, different books, and then that amazing seminar that threw open the door to the whole thing, it just came together. All the little bits and pieces came together. And so even in the book I say, is it really different? Uh, Do we not all have some intuitive abilities um, from anywhere from just a little bit to a whole lot? And so I just carry on. That's <laughs> basically what I do. And and you do it so well. You do so many things uh, so well, uh, Sue McPhee. And then ultimately, uh, you know, uh, you overcame this reluctance, shyness, <laughs> whatever you might call it. You you had your own radio show. I did. I before you and I met, yeah. I had. This is going back years. I had a radio show on an AM station back in a town called Attleboro, Massachusetts. I'll bet some people out there know where that is. Oh, I'll yeah. say it again, Attleboro, Massachusetts. Right next to Foxborough, folks. Not too far, right, not right, too far. Right. Uh, right, right. You could easily get to the stadium from yeah. there. And um, it was just a happenstance occurrence that led me to be on the air in that particular station in that particular time frame. So that was the early 90s. Uh, in 1990, I'd been invited to go on the air just to talk about our theater company to promote the shows and so forth. But the interviewer, the host, if you will, like you, um, asked me, oh, he kind of got uh, a hint that I was doing other things like psychic readings. He says, you're a reader? We've been looking for somebody for this station. Sound familiar? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it does. so I ended up, and, and but, but I ran the whole show. I was all, my own host. I had to run this board um, with li- little to no knowledge. You know, back then it was cassette tapes <laughs> yeah, yeah. that would run the commercials. And so that there began that. And it was four years of that way back from 1990 to 1994, or 91 to 94. And um, it was a great experience. And they kind of propelled me into a whole bunch of other things. I guess it, you did some TV as well. I did some television work. Only, I, you know, it would be a little bit boring uh, to watch somebody having a reading on TV. Maybe it would be interesting once in a while. But what I did was I hooked into the name of the radio show, which was called Psychic Journey, and met up with the woman at a local cable station and um, decided that it would be an interview type show, a talk show, an interview type show in which I would interview people who did interesting things, uh, either in the body, mind, or spirit realm. And so, as if by magic, or intuition, or however we want to phrase it, people would end up in my life, in my face, or I'd find out about them. I was never lacking for a guest to appear on the show. It ran for a half hour. And it was so popular back then that they kept replaying it over and over again because folks wanted to see it. So it was another fun adventure. Yeah, absolutely. And I I tell you what, I don't know anybody else other than you, uh, Sue McPhee, (laughs) that has four degrees. Four degrees. Uh, there's other people out there. Uh, well, I said that that I knew. You know, <laughs> okay. I, I you know I don't I don't hang around with a bunch of uh, intellectuals. But uh, neither but, do I. <laughs> uh, no, I know. But you have. I just I'm just you know I'm I'm blown away by your accomplishments. I I really am. Four degrees. Very few people have four degrees. Well, you know, I, I appreciate that. 
Um, but I know that as far as accomplishments go, and and you talk, and I am very flattered by all the wonderful things you've been saying about me today. But there's a lot of other people out there that have done uh, amazing things as well. The four degrees. I don't think I ever set out to to do four degrees again. As with everything else in my life, oh, I'm here. I might as well do that. The first one was the physical therapy. It was an associate degree, and and I needed a bachelor, so I went and did that one. And then I did a Another one and another one, and so we'll talk about more of that later. We will, because, uh, you know, being the radio professional that you are, (laughs) you know that we have to uh, take a short break right here. Absolutely. uh, We will be back with much more from uh, Sue McPhee, author of uh, two books, A Tale of Two Rivers, One Woman's Journey from the East River to... The Carnival Forest. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm glad I have that on tape now so I can listen to it again and again. <laughs> well, and it speaks of the mystery. There you go. And I never called myself a psychic, but everybody else or everyone else did. <laughs> Adventures of a Reluctant Psychic. Both books available on Amazon. More with Sue McPhee coming up after these words on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com as we stream around the clock to the uh, far reaches of the world. And no matter where you go, if you go on vacation, you can take uh, WKXL with you through nhtalkradio.com. Sue McPhee is our guest now, author of two books, uh, which we will, uh, which we have been talking about, and will continue to. But uh, Sue, do you have a couple of uh, memorable or one or two memorable readings that you've done uh, over the years that might stand out over some of the others? Oh my goodness, there were so many. Right. I, I think the most delightful one is um, a woman. I was living in Attleboro at the time, and a woman had called me up. And she came in. She was this little tiny lady. Um, she had a little black suit on, a pillbox hat, if you remember those, <laughs> with a little veil. Yeah. And she brought a friend with her. So she came in and she said, do you mind if my friend sits and, and waits for me? Not a problem. So we go in and we start the reading. And in her little voice, she, she puts her hand on my knee and she says, tell me anything except that I'm going to meet a man. I'm like, okay. Well, she wasn't a man-hater. She had just spent many, many years uh, tending to a very ill husband, and he had passed away, and she was pretty much indicating she didn't want to start that assignment over again. I'm okay, that's fine. So we start with the cards and the reading, and, oh, it's coming up that love is in her future, and I'm like, oh, how am I going to phrase this? And, you know, I, I, I couched it in a way that it could also be interpreted as lust for life, love of life, and she was accepting that. That was good, and some other little things came up. So we ended the reading, and it was a lot of fun. So we went back in, out into the other room where her friend had been quietly and patiently sitting and waiting. So my little lady takes her little pillbox hat off the sofa, plops it on her head, and says to her friend, well... I'm getting married. How <laughs> oh, she got that out of the things I said, I don't know. But she was not unhappy, and they both left arm in arm laughing. So that was a, so you never know. You never know what to expect in a reading. 
Um, another me- very memorable one, if we have time for this one. Oh, um, sure. That woman came to me, and um, she sat down, and, oh, my goodness, sometimes I see things as visions, sometimes I see smell, sight smells and sounds will come, I might feel something in my body. As she sat down, there was a, a beautiful arch of oranges that showed up all around her head, and I knew, obviously, it wasn't real, it was the visions in my head, and I said, wow, um, I'm not sure what this means. We started the reading, and I, I knew right away that it meant she was going to Florida. And it also gave me the information that it was going to be in February. So I shared that with her. I said, my intuition tells me that you're going to be in Florida in February. And so she smiled very politely, and she said to me, well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. I just don't see how that could happen, because both my husband and I just got laid off. Okay, we'll, we'll file that away. Just file that away, and we went proceeded with the reading. So we finished it up. She was not disappointed. Um, she called me the following January, and she said, Sue, you're not going to believe this. Well, certainly by then in my life, there wasn't a whole lot <laughs> that surprised me right. or that I couldn't <laughs> believe. And so she shared with me that her daughter's cheerleading team had won the state competitions in Massachusetts, and they were on their way to the finals in February in Florida, Yep. And this woman that came for the reading was invited to go for free as a chaperone. So, indeed, she got to go to Florida in February, and the money didn't count. So but the key word there was she, her word, she didn't say, that's impossible, when I gave her that particular insight. She said, I simply don't see how that could happen. But she didn't have to see it because I did. Yes, you did. And uh, you have seen many things that, uh, you know, heretofore, uh, you know, the the recipients of uh, what you uh, tell them had never seen. So you've seen it before they did. Uh, And uh, just remarkable. I've been a witness to so many remarkable readings that you did uh, on the radio for years uh, with me and some of the feedback you've had from, uh, you know, the people that you did them for. Uh, But uh, talk about you a little bit. what, what did what impact has uh, Reiki uh, had in your life? Oh my goodness! One of my hugest, largest passions is Reiki. I'm, I'm sure there's some listeners that don't really know what that means. It's really an energy. Um, some people call it a healing energy, but we don't pass ourselves off as healers or conduits. So learning Reiki and embodying Reiki again, I feel was a soul experience. I believe it raised my soul's vibrational level. Then I got the opportunity to begin to teach Reiki to others. So I've seen the amazing things that Reiki can happen. Not that we engage in it to promise miracles, to even expect miracles, but I believe, too, that Reiki also raises a person's consciousness, their intuitive skills, and I believe it can raise your psychic abilities, too. It's just an amazing, uh, you know, people say, well, what is energy? Well, Einstein's not with us, so we can't ask him what energy <laughs> is. But it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of this lurking thing, uh, vibration, if you call it, uh, that has, has the capacity to have an effect on people, places, things, and animals. Yes, I know you have communicated with animals. Yeah. In a way, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way I have. 
in a way I have. And um, the books, like I said, was uh, they've both been a labor of love. Now, the one about being a psychic uh, isn't to promote who I am, what I am, what I do, or even to say, oh, you can be one too, just follow these instructions. It's just being a storyteller. This is a true story. People enjoy reading and learning about a true story. But also, as you migrate towards the end of the book, you begin to learn more about Reiki, more about uh, intuition, more about how you can raise your own personal vibrational level to simply become a better you. And that's the whole reason behind my doing all the things that are in the book and I continue to do. Because I'm still learning. I'm still progressing. I'm still working on making myself better, we can do that. We are able to do that. And I give simple, simple ways to do that towards the back of the book. I I think uh, people are capable of accomplishing uh, a lot more than they think they possibly can. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the the books are are very inspirational. They they truly are, uh, that uh, you can do anything that you, you set your mind to. Uh, you know, if you have that much, you know, drive and ambition, you can do it. And I, I think that, uh, you know, y- your book has, your books have uh, inspired a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, you, you're also, you've, you've done hypnosis as well. I did. I did study that, back, again, back in the early 90s. Yeah. I was on a roll. I became addicted to education. I just loved that atmosphere of well, learning. You love to learn, and you're still, you're still I, learning, right? I, yeah. We all are. Every we all, day. Life yeah. is a classroom. It, exactly. uh, but hypnosis was a very interesting journey. I only did it because I wanted to help people with addictions. But what came of it, what it evolved into immediately, without my wanting to, again, reluctance, right? I get thrown where I'm needed. I did past life regressions for people under hypnosis. And mm. I talk about all of that in the book, too. And you're also a, a massage therapist? Yes, that's the yep. bulk of my time is being yep. spent uh, doing that kind of work um, as a private practitioner, um, which also allows me the opportunity to help more people. And different things come out. It's more than massage therapy. There's a talk therapy that sometimes happens, and intuition. And many of my massage clients have actually become my psychic reading clients as well. So it's just all one great, great experience. Now, as an intuitive, Sue McPhee, did, did you know 10 years ago that you were going to write two books, maybe more? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> 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 Who knows, huh? i got to put some thought to that one. No, absolutely not. When I finished the Romanian trip, um, fortunately for me, I had taken great pains to write every single thought, word, and feeling um, that occurred on that 15-day journey. So I came home armed with a journal. I put it aside. I knew it, it it would become something someday, uh, but I never realized it would be a book. Um, about 10 years later is when I realized this better be a book because these are things that people need to read and hear about. Uh, before the book actually got published, um, I condensed uh, that journal into a one-woman show. So I also have a one-woman show yeah. about the experience, uh, yeah. which has been a yeah. lot of fun to perform and, and bring live, you know, bring that experience and those thoughts and emotions live to the stage. And it doesn't have to be a stage way up there. I like to roam around with people and talk about that stuff. So do you have, do you have any of the one-woman shows coming up? 
I don't have any schedules, no. but I'm open. <laughs> there you I'm go. I'm open. How, how can people get in touch with you, Sue? Well, probably the easiest way is Facebook. And um, it's my full name, uh, including uh, a maiden name, my birth name. So it will be Sue, S-U-E, Fortin, F-O-R-T-I-N. And the last name, as you've pronounced it, McPhee. M-C-P-H-E-E. So Sue Fortin McPhee is on Facebook. You can feel free to message me or tag me in any of the posts that I have going on there. Uh, Probably the easiest way to find me, and then um, we can begin to communicate. Well, Sue, it's always great communicating with you, and uh, I hope you won't be a stranger to this show because we just really, as I said before, scratched the surface. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. All right. Sue, have a great day. Thanks for being with us. I will. You as well. All right. Sue McPhee.